The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Dakota, I don't know if we should introduce our wives. Oh, I know. Um, it's going to cost us. It, yeah, it's only us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so she talked about your wife for a solid hour after we left last night. That's funny. And she's like, she doesn't live that far away. <laughs> I'm like, I know she doesn't. This, I've, I've created a monster with my wife. So, Joe, is this your first time on the podcast, it's too? very first time. So, Joe, still can't pronounce your last name, Joe. Sharapa. Sharapa. <laughs> uh, we call him Chupacabra. There you go. So, I was going to call easier. you that, but I'm like, I should probably call you by right, your name since right. you're going to start working. Um, and then you've never worked before, right? Yeah, and yeah, then right. and then Dakota from uh, Bergara BPI CVA, all of it. Um, we, oh my God, I want to choke that guy with the goose call. That and the, between that and the PA announcer, this has been the most trying podcast I've ever done. Because as soon as you start talking, that guy will shut up, and then the PA announcer will come on. Oh yeah, typical. So, so all right, we're breaking your podcast virginity then huh yep. you've been on a bunch of podcasts haven't uh, you? okay few. i was about to say yep. a few yeah. yeah so um i think this is the last one i'm gonna do um at the, the show because i think I've, this is the fifth one i've done today oh nice um but yeah uh what a freaking year dude it has been crazy <laughs> yeah it is it is it has been crazy for more than one reason um you killed just a little bitty elk in Montana, just a little precious Got mule, lucky. mule deer. Yeah, it's been a cool year. So let's talk about, um, well, that piece hasn't came out yet. We count, How much can we talk about that piece? Well, we can talk about it a little bit. We've, well, got, we've got a few, we got a lot of photos out from it. We so got far. a lot of photos out, but yeah, I don't, I don't like to, well, I wanted to talk about that, but we can't. Might be able to. Well, a little bit. Well, if you've done five today and then some prior to this, <laughs> right, you got some time to push it yeah. out. <laughs> no, I I think it's I think it's cool. So we we obviously started working with Bergara a lot last year, oh, yeah. um, doing more and more release videos. Did some hunts and then um, Clay or no Ryer and Keegan went with you to Montana and they did a, a whirlwind. What was it? Two weeks, wasn't it? Right at it? It was, yeah. Two hunts back to back. We had a lot of other coworkers that were out there with yeah. tags also. Um, they, well, we killed four or five deer, three elk. A whirlwind trip. So, Those yeah. are the fun ones, though, when there's no downtime, no, no dull moments. It's just exactly. stuff, stories being told at camp every day you get back. It was. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, come back to some good food and good place to eat, but the weather was brutal on oh, that one. Record lows. Never said, Never seen lows like that. Wind was unreal. Yeah. Um, negative 17 without the wind chill. So and it was 30-plus mile-an-hour wind. I watched the video, you know, obviously prior to, and it looked cold. And I'm not trying to do a sales pitch by any means, but the, the Hyperheat? Is yeah. Hyperheat yep, yep, is the yep. brand? They're good. Literally a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
Oh, Kyle will I be mean, so happy to hear I that. I was literally like, this was, you know, Keegan had that. And mm-hmm. I was shaking so bad. I mean, y'all saw the footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a lot of that was adrenaline, but it was ridiculously cold. And you're holding that in because you're like, I just got to be, like, steady on this bull. I know man. no one has seen this yet, so we're going to talk about things you haven't seen. But how long were y'all sitting there before y'all got the opportunity? Three and a half, four hours. Ooh, and negative 17 wind chill? Yeah, negative I, 17 without the wind chill, so it was 30 mile, 25 mile an hour winds. No, that sounds like an, a nope rope for me, buddy. I had every stitch of clothing I owned. Oh, that's what Ryer, Ryer called me. He's like, in between hunts, he's like, I got to go buy more clothes. <laughs> we, we went to Shields. He spent two hours shopping. Yeah. Oh, well, it, well spend a little more time on Ryer. You'll figure out why. Like, he is like, <laughs> dude, him. that guy, I love him to death. I could not, could not function without him. But that guy, dude, so he had to sign up for his insurance the other day. Couldn't decide. He had a spreadsheet. <laughs> Clay sent me pictures. He had a spreadsheet of, like, how much things cost. And, like, what his benefits were and how he felt like he could screw the government out of more money. <laughs> He's like, how can I do the best job of not spending money and still getting the benefits that I want? And they were there for hours. It's like, just, dude, you're a healthy one. guy. Just pick one. <laughs> exactly. He had, a, he had a spreadsheet to get a hotel here. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. Yeah, they, him, and, him and his girlfriend had a spreadsheet. Analysis and paralysis. Yeah. Yep. That's why, like, I, I love him. But that's why he goes to his office. He goes to his cave. Grind he gets his. He, get, you know, and he, he does. And he's extremely talented. But, like, he'll walk by me in my office, and I'll be on the phone. And he'll just, like, snarl and close my door. Because <laughs> like, he's mad that I'm, like, having to talk. And, like, he's, I don't know how you talk on the phone that much. I'm like, well, that's. I have to talk to people. Like, that's part of my that job. business. I couldn't do that. Couldn't do it. I'm like, well, that's why you're in there, Ryer, and I'm in here. Because I know what, where you're best suited, and it's not on the phone. The one thing about him is whatever he has, you know he put a lot of thought into oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, a he, lot. Oh, he overthinks things a lot of times. And I have to – which he's the end of my gang. Because I sometimes will get ahead of myself and I'm like, all right, we just got to get this done. And Ryer's like, no, we're going to take an hour, and we're going to do it right. And I'm like – you're right. That's what we should do. And then there's other times I'm like, Ryer, if you take two weeks to edit this, we won't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always the, the, the like push and pull with him and I. And there's that idiot on the oh, yeah. announcer. But uh, so. Um, I will say this about Ryer right quick. And, and coming from our side of the business, that is also the reason that we do stuff with you guys. Yeah. Because we know that there's so much thought that goes oh, yeah. into it. But on your side, it's a matter of managing that to get it pushed out the door well, yeah. well I talked to a friend of mine who works for a different production in the industry I won't name names and he said that that is what he's been lacking the most is he's like we don't know what we're doing there's no plan there's no team there's no he's like everybody's just kind of their own individual like running off oh, yeah. and trying to see if you know we get things done he's like I've not had any work I, he's like, I just come to the office every day and they pay me but I just don't have anything to do. And I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, well, dude, we try on every Monday when we're not on a trip, we try and all sit down and say, okay, what's the plan for this week? What are we doing? Who's working on what? What do you need? What do you not need? You know, and we're like, I over-communicate, which, I mean, I've told Joe this and I've told the guys, like, I probably tell them way too much. Yeah, yeah. But I came from an environment prior where they told us nothing. Yeah. yeah. In the dark. And I would rather know way, way too much than not enough. Exactly. And, uh, and try and communicate and try and be like, – I don't want people to be on a trip going, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But a lot of times, which I know not with you guys, but like especially like Lee and Tiff, God love them, we'll go on trips and like we do not know what to expect. Is there a bed? 
Is there food? <laughs> like, True. do we have a place to lay our head at the end of the day? And does it have rats? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I've been on those trips. You go in, and that, which it kills my wife. Like, where are you going? Montana. Where in Montana? I don't, don't know. know. How long are you going to be there? Till we kill something? What time are you going to get back? I don't know. She's like, so you're, you, you, all you know is you're going to Montana on Monday. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, how do you, how do you just go do that? I'm like, you just figure it out. Yep. She's, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. Like, she's a planner, planner, planner. And I, I plan for what I can plan. Exactly. But you've got to be a chameleon sometimes. You've got to be like, all right, well, we're going to go here. Okay, well, we're planning on that. But I brought enough stuff to where we can do it. Or the stuff I brought can do that thing. Oh, yeah. I think that's the, the key thing is you already have done it so much. You yeah. know what you need, your basis. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can function with yeah. it. Right. How was that Spain trip? That was unreal. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. Like, we, they did launch that footage. Was um, just just for, um, just for, like, the environment or the animals or the vistas? Like, what about it? I would say the environment and, like, the... Um, so I've, so, never, I've never been over there. Yeah, so, like, obviously, if you go out west here, there's certain areas that mountain ranges, like, a huge mountain range. Like, you can go through Colorado and, like, man, right. you can go... 300 miles north or 100 miles south, yeah. a lot of it might look the same. Similar, very similar. You mm-hmm. can literally go two or three miles, and it looks like you're in a different country over there. Oh, wow. Mountain ranges, brush, trees, pines. Then you go 10 miles down the road, and it's like a desert. It's huh. unbelievable. The weird thing is there's animals, different animals. So, yeah. like, the, the um, roe deer, you know, red stags, uh, mouflon, and then the different ibex, mm-hmm. they do live – together and they all they all kind of live in different areas is it crazy rural or too. is it like oh in like suburban God. areas so it is the most rural thing in the the, the towns they call them villages so yeah, they're yeah. little villages you literally you're like we're in the middle of nowhere 100 yeah. miles out from a paved road yeah there's no way there's anybody ever probably seen this area yeah driving up mountain dump over the top and you're like what is this there's, there's a, a village, village. yeah now, there's no one there. They're so sitting there watching Netflix. They, they, <laughs> there's, no power, they, uh, there's no power at this. So yeah. they're stone. You know, they all look the same over there as well. They're all made out of the same stone, same type of roofs and stuff. They, they're hundreds of years old, thousands. I don't know. They're just they're ancient. And I thought, oh, these are old. Like, they're kind of still put together, um, they're, but they're abandoned. You know, yeah. they're like, no, that's, they actually are summer homes. People live in Madrid, um, Barcelona, Bilbao. Like, these people literally that live in the cities. Like, it'd be if you lived in, in Nashville or Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you just have a, a house up in the mountains that's a little cabin. Um, yeah. Except they don't have cabins. They're all just the stone villages. Yeah. But the cool thing is, like, you'll be driving through the little village. Like, oh, it's kind of cool, you know. Somebody actually stays here in the summer, and then all of a sudden, freaking Ibex jumps off of a roof of one building <laughs> to the next. You're like, what is this? Oh, man. But yeah. there's no one there, so they don't get pushed out or anything. So it's just, like, it's just structure. How do they – do they approach a hunt? Like kind of like we do. Like, do they have guys that you ran around with that like this guy's obsessed with this? Like, he loves it. Or is it? Do they view it like kind of more as a job or a gig? Or is it like they're they're passionate about it? They they're trophy hunting. Okay. They're they're it's all about age. Yeah. Now I'm sure that there's probably plenty of people over there that just you know like locals. Um, but the funny thing is, most European guides or outfitters they prefer um, like U.S. customers. Mm, so do the African ones too. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, like, I asked them, I was like, you know, I only see you guys bringing it, like, the U.S. customers over here. And they're like, well, honestly, like, most of the U.S. guys are more appreciative of the environment, yeah. the animals, yeah. the culture. Right, right. He's like, Europeans, like, they don't they don't really appreciate yeah. it. So they don't really like hunting with them that much. Not knocking them, because I'm sure there's plenty that yeah. are. But I'm just mean in general, that's the kind of feedback that I got. But 
Um, the way that they manage in the, in the small amount of Ibex that they take, or even roe deer over there, um, so like a roebuck, like they are managing for age class. Mm-hmm. And they, they're looking for, I mean, obviously it's SCI and stuff, so they're looking gold medal, you know. Oh, I mean, wow. also, the, the, the older they are, the larger they are, the more money they're getting for them. So yeah, well. That's the only thing that's a little weird, um, is if you want to go over there and try to kill the biggest animal you can, whether it's an Ibex or anything that's free range over there. They treat it as if it's like a high fence. Like, we know normally here in the States, like, if you go hunt a whitetail on a high fence, it's like between this eight, between this uh, size, you know, 150, yeah. 160, yeah. 6,000. They do the same thing over there even on free range. Yeah. So, like, that, but there's also a point where, like, they really and truly, like, are looking for that older age class. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the size either. So, like, the score, I should say. So, like, they're looking, they're, they're want to kill 11-plus-year-old Ibex. 11? Like, yeah. So well, how, how long is their life? Um, I've seen 13, 14-year-old oh, Ibex wow. killed. So, what's their, like, maturity? Like, where are they, when do they consider them mature? So, based, like, obviously, I've only hunted Ibex once. Mm-hmm. That was this year. So, I just learned what I did in the week I was mm-hmm. over there. Um, it looks like usually around that 8-year-old range. That gum, that's a long time. That is it a is. Long time. And in a really rough place. Dude, it's brutal i mean the stuff they climb is unreal a lot of the time like we saw one that was an absolute stud and he's like if you shoot that ibex he's like it will not we will 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 not be able to get to it period i've it's well, not gonna happen we did that on all dead hunt we're like <laughs> we could kill that one but i don't know without a helicopter how we're gonna get him out exactly and uh it that's that's something until i did that all dead hunt i'd never had that issue mm-hmm. it's like how do you get in a spot so rough that with a rifle, I can't shoot you and be able to get you out of there. Yeah. It's possible. I've seen it. Man, it is. It's crazy. Now, honestly, like, there's something about that that I also enjoy, too. It's like that aspect where even if you do find one or see one, you're like, I could kill it, but I can't get it, so I'm not going to kill it. That's when you know you're, some, you're in some badass oh, terrain, yeah. man. Right. It's just right. that's so, cool stuff. So what have, you, what have you not done that you want to do bad now? Number one deer that's hunted in the whole world, Roebuck. Really? Yep, it's number one hunted deer in the world. That's what I haven't done either. So really? They're little guys. Yeah? They're uh, Cortho is what they call them over there. Um, that's the Spanish name for them. Um, they're, what's, what's so oh, cool about those? It's they're actually like I've never hunted coos deer. Yeah. I'm going to draw a coos deer tag this year. It's like the closest thing to coos deer hunting that's world, like, European style. Mm-hmm. They're small. They're gray. They hide in the wide open. Yeah. It's just crazy. And they're just cool, man. Like, the mass and the way that their antlers grow together. I've seen a bunch of them. I've been on a couple hunts, but just never shot one myself. Mm-hmm. But just having, the, like, the opportunity to go hunt. Is it a spot and stock type hunt? It is. It they is. do some, like, water hole stuff if it's okay. real hot in the summer. Because the weird thing is, is, like, it's northern hemisphere, but they rut in the summer. Hmm. Um, so, like, right now, they're going to they're starting to rub their – they got full velvet. They're fully developed right now. They're oh, not so starting. they have antlers and have horns. They do have antlers. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, they have antlers that come back. They're like a little mini stag. Yeah. Um, they make noises? They, dude, it's the weirdest thing. I was hunting. Um, Shows you how much I know about these things. Do they yeah, make no, noises? I know nothing about <laughs> Literally, we're in the middle of nowhere. I was over there hunting mouflon, like free range mouflon, and we did see some robux, and it's thick timber, man. It's like if you're hunting in like just real thick pines and stuff. And I was like, dude. This freaking dog is barking nonstop. <laughs> I was like, we're in the middle. What, how's our dog out here? Mike, come get this dog. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's like, I'm having to type on my phone. Luckily, I had service translate because yeah. I, I was hunting with a guy who couldn't speak a lick of English. Oh, no. I've never had to do that. That yeah. would be tough. What is that noise? <laughs> he typed something that was like, 
I was like, in it type, it translated in English, and I was like, I don't know what in the world he's talking about. <laughs> Finally, I had somebody tell me, I was like, there was a dog barking out there nonstop, man. It was behind us. Wind was blowing to it. You know, he's like, that was a deer. That's how the, they, they don't blow. They bark. They bark. Really? But it doesn't sound like an elk or anything. Yeah, I was about to say, I've had elk, I've a, how cow elk barks at you, and that's the worst feeling no, ever. You just want to murder them yeah. so I'm much. I'm telling you, it sounds like a Jack Russell. It's exactly what it sounds like. Wow, oh, I don't, gosh. yeah, that's annoying. I don't know if I want to that now. No, no, yeah. that's, that's just if they're alarmed or spooked, you know. Yeah. But they're cool. There's they're some cool stuff over there. The, the, the cool thing about it is everybody's like, where would you go hunt? Like, if I could recommend somebody go on an adventure hunt, it would be anywhere in Europe. But the cost of the hunts are not that much. See, I've never even, until recently, probably the last three or four years, I've never really cared much about doing anything in Europe. But Ibex, to me, Ibex are one of the coolest animals walking the planet. They're just yeah. cool, live in an amazing place. They're cool to look at. Um, we ed- I edited a show years ago where J.P. Guild won yeah. over there in Spain. I can't remember where in Spain. But I never thought they were cool until I edited that one. I just saw them and how they acted and where they were living. I'm like, okay, I could see doing that now. Oh, yeah. But uh, And then um, then uh, Chris Trujillo, yep. he's killed them in the Florida mountains in New Mexico. Really? Yeah. So um, And he said that you want to talk about the hardest hunt you've ever done. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine. He's like, that is a rough, rough place. <laughs> I can only, yeah, I mean, yeah. especially on archery tags. And I'm going to put in for the muzzleloader. Even, I think the odds on the New Mexico muzzleloader tag should go up because they went from scope to open sight this year. Oh, yeah. But that will change is, things. Cause I, but, I mean, the odds are still going to be like a tenth of a point. Yeah. You know? so. Well, so how, how long have you been in the, uh, on the hunting side in the hunting industry, and how did you get in here? I don't know if I've ever heard that story. So I started on the fishing side. Hammond, really? Hammond's there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm, I think that's when I met you it, was at Hammond's. It may have been. So I started there dipping minnows, you know. Mm-hmm. One dozen minnows. Here you go. You know, here's cricket. That's a professional cricket <laughs> seller. <you know? laughs> I could sell crickets and, and small, medium, large minnows. I mm-hmm. can count to 12 really fast, too. Every <laughs> um, once so in a while, funny. you get a couple lectures, you know, trying to get through there. A mm-hmm. bunch of boats lined up. I was uh, 14 when I started there. Really? And, um, you know, this, obviously fishing a lot more popular in the summer and spring um some in the fall a little bit but it, it definitely peters out as it gets colder right. you know and the, and the you know the owners of the business they're like man we really just like to increase sales you know we got to get more people in the door when it's colder out I'm like, man what, let me run a bow shop just mm-hmm. give me the capital let me i can i've got the right contacts obviously i've bow hunted my whole life mm-hmm. so i'd hunted way more than I'd fished, but I knew that was like foot in the door. And I'll meet sales reps. I'll meet people. I'll yeah, just yeah. start meeting people at that age, you know. By the time I'm 18, 20, I'll, I'll know some people. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a long-term plan. Started the bow shop. Like I was never that smart to think yeah. that far ahead at 14. <laughs> right. Well, I knew I couldn't do anything else very good. So <laughs> 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 I had no other choice. Better make it with this or yeah. else you're screwed. Um, no, so I did that, got the bow shop, you know, increased sales, brought a lot more new customers in. Then they'd be like, oh, I bought my bow there, got everything set up, dialed in, had an indoor range they could shoot at. And um, from there, I actually had I'd heard about CVA. I didn't know what BPI Outdoors even was. Mm-hmm. I heard CVA and I always knew it was Connecticut Valley Arms, muzzleloaders. Mm-hmm. You know, but in Georgia, I didn't know that much because we had one-week season. Mm-hmm. And I'd use the muzzleloader two days of an entire year. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a phone call from a buddy one day, and he said, hey, man, I got a guy that knows somebody that works at CVA muzzleloaders. Don't you have one of those? I was like, yeah, I do. I've killed some deer with it. And he said, uh, you want to work there? I said, I'm not moving to Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. He's like, he laughed. He said, man, it's not there. He said, it's just down the road from you. 
And uh, I was like, well, give me his phone number. You know, and it was the CEO at the time. And uh, so I called him and I kind of told him who I was, my story, how I knew some people. I'd done some filming for some other people as well that they had sponsored just mm-hmm. on the side. So I had a few connections. And um, so we had somewhat of a relationship started. And then I started in customer service there 10 years ago. And um, obviously, I bailed from the retail store because I didn't want to be working weekends anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, just kind of expanded. And it was about that time. Uh, that was 2013 that I started there. 2014 is when we started Bergara Rifles. So kind of been on board with Bergara since day one. Okay. Um, and now I'm the brand manager at Bergara. Uh, definitely more of a passion for the rifle side. Mm-hmm. Um, for on the on the employment side i should say as well mm-hmm. i do some rifle hunting have always done it obviously my my main passion is bow hunting mm-hmm. but um people always say man don't you love rifle hunting i'm like yeah it's good i, I love all kinds of hunting give mm-hmm. me a 22 we'll go squirrel hunting oh I'm yeah just happy, i don't but, discriminate let's <laughs> exactly. go um but no i i would say that the bow side has always been my passion mm-hmm. um for sure but this has definitely helped me gain a lot of contacts um i've learned a lot about rifles since being there also mm-hmm. oh um, i have too in the last year i mean i always grew up with guns but like I was always a guy like you got a two seventy, you pretty much set, you know <laughs> exactly. that kind of. I was, that was my mentality, but yeah, it's been really interesting. Like I, I know you know, Forrest or Trisha will call, be like, hey, you know, do something with the HMR, or, you know, carbon this, that, and the other, whatever. And I'm like, which one's that again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Forrest made me an idiot, an idiot sheet. It's like these are the guns you have, these are their names, these are the guns you do not have, these are their names. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Forrest. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> no man, like you're right. I was the same way. You know we. we from Georgia, we're three by nine by forty scope. We're yeah. roll, we're rolling. One hundred percent. And I mean, we may be able to stretch those shots out there two hundred yards. Yeah. With these big high power yeah. rifles. I, I, I heard Chuck say that the best <laughs> I've ever heard it. He's like, you go out west, and these guys are shooting thousand yards. He's like, thousand yards. The only way you shooting thousand yards in Georgia is down the interstate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he said that's the only way. You can't see that far in Georgia. Yeah, or you're shooting on somebody else's property. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. You right? shot over three fences at a thousand <laughs> yards. Hundred like, percent. No, I like it, man. I love it, actually, because I've learned a lot. You know, I, I know a lot on the archery side, but it's always cool to, like, I'm still talking to a lot of the same people, and there's a lot, like, the growth of the precision everything, whether it's precision with a with a bow, new releases that are coming out, and mm-hmm. then precision rifles and the optics, and there's just so much technology in this industry over the past 10 years that's just, I haven't necessarily started or, or developed any of the technology, but have kind of been there since they these other brands have and we have as well. Um, so that part's just been fun, you know, kind of taking it from the old school, bringing the, a, a new segment to the industry. What's been the hardest part of that, you know, starting a bow company, or a, I mean a bow company, a rifle company from essentially zero to hero? Like, what's the what's the, been the challenge with that? Obviously, you know, that, that segment of the market, you have to prove yourself very lucky on our side because we have been established with the CVA brand mm-hmm. because we've done muzzleloaders and we have um, – uh, we've got a barrel-making facility over in Bergara, Spain, which is where the name Bergara comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have a history with that. We've done OEM sales. So uh, here, even at the show, there's a lot of customers that have our barrels on their on their rifles, um, big manufacturers as well. So we already had a lot of connections to, uh, you know, retailers um, and, and a lot of our wholesale accounts and stuff. So we were fairly established with our relationships, and we just simply put the, put the product in their hands. Yeah. Hey, we don't do hard sell here. I want you to, like, tell me what you want to change on it. Tell me if you change anything. Tell me if you like it, whatever. We want your feedback. Yeah. Organic growth. That's yeah. how we've done it. That's awesome. Um, and obviously, like, there's been other companies within the industry that have succeeded, but there's also other ones that have failed. Um, so some of those places that failed, 
you know, we just some that I never thought would fail. It failed. Exactly. Some so, that I don't know how they went bankrupt. Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing to me. It was it was very good for us. Oh, I can only so, imagine. We have had record growth that I don't think any other brand has seen within the industry ever. That's so, awesome. It's well, it's just because of our videos. There you go. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Hey, never hurt, man. Never hurts. I just slide, slide that, that in there. In there yeah. Heck yeah. No, we like it. We'll be pushing out more and more. Heck too. yeah. Well, I can't wait. But um, what's the um, so what hunts you got planned this year? Coos deer, uh-huh. five took five points to draw. Well, I haven't drawn it yet, but it's Arizona. It's Arizona, Arizona. unit thirty three. Nice. Catalina's down there, okay. um, so we're gonna do that. Uh, this should be a slammer hunt. Oh, it's yeah. an October hunt. It's not li- like it's not a rut hunt. When's so the not, rut? I don't even know. It's when December, rut. January. It December, yeah. January. So okay. this is the second week of October. This is a nine. It's gonna be ninety degrees. It's gonna suck. We're gonna see yeah. hundred. We're gonna see ninety to hundred deer a day. Oh wow! Of coos deer, which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Um, but you got to obviously be in the right place, mm-hmm. be looking in the right spots. So, I mean, anybody could go out there and do this mm-hmm. if you know what you're doing. Yeah, um, if you know what you're doing. I'm going with somebody that knows what they're doing, yeah, a buddy of mine. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've got that. Might do an antelope hunt, um, and I'll do Kansas archery, whitetail. Oh, so. okay. What part of Kansas? Western, right on kind of about an hour and a half east of the Colorado border there. Oh, wow, okay. Not a tree for 25 miles. So <laughs> I did a hunt in Oklahoma like that. Um, and we were driving out there where we were going hunting, and we're driving and driving, and I ain't seen a tree. And I'm like, well, where are we going? Are we sitting on the ground? Yep. And he's like, you see that tree way over there in the distance? I said, like, yes, it, you're in that tree. I'm like, how are the deer going to come by that tree of all trees? He's like, every deer you see will walk right by that tree. I'm like, ain't no way. Sure enough, dude, <laughs> got in that tree, and it's like they come out of the dirt. Yeah. And they walked right to that tree. I'm like, what voodoo magic is happening in this place? And it, that's what, like, I think that was the coolest thing for me is when I started traveling around and filming hunts all over the place, how different everywhere else is than where we live. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was in Nebraska turkey hunting, which me and you have turkey hunted, and I know how much you enjoy turkeys. But we were in Nebraska, and you know how everything there is laid out on the grid. Oh, yeah. You know, north, south, east, and west. Well, I'm asking this farmer. He's like, you go up there to my neighbor's place, which his neighbor's three miles away. Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, go up there to my neighbor's place. And uh, he's got a bunch of turkeys over at his place because we had killed one at his place and we were looking for somewhere else. And he goes, I, say, well, I was like, well, how do I get there? And he goes, well, you go up there to my stop sign, go north. And then you get the next stop sign and you go west. I said, me. Bruce, I said, I ain't got a compass on me. I said, am I going left or right? He said, what do you mean? I said, it's dark, Bruce. The sun's not rising or falling. I don't know which way is north, south, east, or west. He goes, well, it's west. You go to the left. I'm like, hold on a minute. And that's what I asked him. I said, are you saying I need to go west because west is left in cardinal directions or because I'm actually going west? And he goes, <laughs> oh, dude, brain scramble, dude. He like he couldn't. He's like, ah, you, you just need to go west. And I'm like, never mind. Oh yeah, I'm like, why, why, why wouldn't it? Why can't you just say left? And then I, I I go to explain to him. I was like, we don't do that in Georgia. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, everything around you is trees. Yep. There's a 150 foot tree. Every blade of grass that's in this pasture is a tree. And he's like, ain't no way. And I pick up a picture I had taken of our church. And you can see my church is about this big, and then it's just, it's right there on Lake Lanier, and oh, it's yeah. just trees. As far as you can see, he said, 
I ain't never seen nothing like that. <laughs> he, he'd never even been, <laughs> no. never even been out east. No, he ain't even left Nebraska. That's crazy. But the, the thing is, is like it just didn't it didn't compute to him. And I say we ain't got a straight road. No, the only straight road you're gonna get is on the interstate, and it's gonna curve eventually. And and it just the, how different Central Nebraska is from Northeast Georgia, and it just blew that guy's mind. Yeah. I, which you know, it's so, but that's one of my favorite things about traveling is. Is like you, you. It's, it's just I know you know you travel a lot. We know which gas stations you don't go into, and which gas stations oh, yeah. got the drinks you like, and which gas yep. stations got the good breakfast pizza. Oh you yeah. You know you spend a lot of time in gas. That's my my my, my bookkeeper this year. She said, "You know how much you spend at gas stations just on food." I'm like, I don't I don't even want to know. Hey, she's like, it's the only option you got. Oh, most of the time it's the only option. She's yeah. like. She's like, it's a chunk of change. I was like, I know. Don't tell my wife. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's very <laughs> so funny, though. Like, Nebraska is similar to that Kansas area that I'm yeah. in, you know, except it's a little bit flatter than that Kansas dirt. But we've, I've got a farmer out there that he said the same thing. Well, my neighbor's got that lake up there. Go, and they don't, He didn't even tell me which road. He said, go up two sections, hang a left, on, and then go over four sections. There'll be a green barn to the north a mile. I was like, obviously in my head, I'm trying to draw the map out. Yeah. And I'm like, green barn, green barn, green barn. <laughs> I just look, keep, keep, I mean, just make a square. Everything's yeah. square, square. Drive until you see the green barn. There's a green barn out here. Knock on that door. You know, he's got some cats out there. You should see a cat or two. <laughs> just that's everyday life for him. But another yeah. th- but here's another thing I, I, I learned about when we go out there is like the guy that we've hunted with out there for years now. You know, he's got so much ground and he's so nice and let, he will not take no money. He calls me every year. Y'all coming back out here to hunt? You know, we're like, we'll be there, Bruce. But the the whole thing with him is what we figured out probably after the first year is they don't see anybody else. No. And then when they do, it's the same four or five people at like the local dive bar yep. in you know middle of nowhere in Nebraska. And for for someone new to come in and just to sit down and uh, we always take him to dinner one or two nights and just talk to the guy. Exactly. And he'll sit there and talk. Until you're, you're like, hey, uh, yeah, y'all, re- y'all ready to go? You know, <laughs> yeah, but literally. he's, oh, yeah, he just oh, wants yeah. to talk. That's it. That's oh, the, yeah. what we found out there is that it, you you can get permission to hunt places yeah. if you talk to people. It's like you're right? an alien. Like they're like, you're a species <laughs> yeah. that we've yet to discover. Well, they're interested because it's not common for yeah. somebody to stop and just go talk. Well, I told right. you how I met the guy. He saw us at a gas station in Camo with a Georgia plate. And he said, are y'all turkey hunting? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, did you drive? from Georgia to kill a DAM in Turkey? I said, yes, sir, I did. And he goes, y'all are stupid. And I said, and this man's like 6'9". He is oh, a my mountain word. of a man. And I'm like, you are right. You, you're not wrong that we are stupid. And he's like, we all got somewhere to hunt? And I was like, well, we hunted right down the road, and then we told him where it was. He knew, he knew the farmer, oh, knew yeah. every bit of it. And I was like, well, he's, he's like, well, he ain't got but 10 acres there in town. I'm like, yeah, we killed the only turkey he had. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, well, hell, follow me. And we've been hunting there for man, that's awesome. five or six years now. Yeah, yep. he invites us out there every year, and he buys a new farm or two every year. So there's a new farm that we get to go to every year. Like he called me when I called him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I got about 2,000 more acres y'all hunt this year. I'll have it closed by the time y'all get out here. Wow. So y'all go tell me how it is. I said, yeah. we will. That's that. awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Most of the place is fairly close to, together. Oh, yeah. They're all right there around. Man. He's buying up everything. That's a killer. Oh, yeah. This guy's got, uh, he had 18,000 head of cattle. He had, oh what was it? I think he had 1,800 babies hit the ground what? the week we got there two That's years crazy. ago. 
So he's got a heck of an operation. Oh, yeah. This dude has got ground. He says he's got ground in Wyoming. He's got ground in Missouri. We've hunted his Missouri ground. We kill turkeys at his Missouri ground, too. No kidding. And he's got a place in Wyoming. He's like, y'all want to kill an antelope? I'm like, yeah. He's like, we got antelope like rats. Good Lord. I'm like, where? where? Like, let's go. Him, man. And then gym. he's got another place that's right there on the edge of western and, like, central Nebraska that's, I think, his daughter's that's got mule deer on it. He's like, y'all come kill mule deer. And I'm like, Pfft. Where have you been all my life? And this guy just <laughs> met him and, at a gas station. And, and he met him at a gas station, and he won't take any money. We'll take him like a case of Natty Light or something oh, yeah. every year. And like he's like, I need me a good rain jacket. You know me a good rain jacket? And I'm like, I bought him a sick, a full sick of suit. <laughs> yeah. I showed up with this, and he's like, oh, yeah. The next time I went out there, it had 14 holes in it from where he just wears it every day <laughs> yeah. on the tractor. Yeah. It's like, yeah. whatever, dog. Yeah. You, do, you do you. That I'll is you awesome. One. But, there's, but, but Nebraska – Maybe parts of western Oklahoma, western Kansas. That's about the last frontier for that. Yep. Yeah, oh, I guess you could talk about South Dakota, North Dakota, and parts of Montana still. But other than that, you talk about Colorado, you talk about you know, Wyoming with those big tracks. Like it's, it's getting really tough to do the, mm. do the permission thing and the yep. trade-out thing, and it, it makes it hard. I, hate, I do hate that a little bit, that the, the hunting has gotten to be a money game a little bit. Oh, it has. Certainly. And, and I, 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 do, I do like it, and I don't like it. Um, I don't like it when I'm trying to hunt public land in Colorado with a bow. I do like it when I'm the guy that's got permission. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Hey, I, I've been on both sides. Oh, yeah, so I have I appreciate yeah. both sides at the same I time. I do, too. You know? So, uh, But, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, you know, that place in Nebraska, how many guys are willing to get in the truck and drive 16 hours one oh. way to go kill a turkey? There's not a whole lot. Yep. Um, but they, they want to do it, and they think they want to do it, and I li- they like the idea of doing it. Exactly. But getting in the truck, and literally we drove to the center of the state. I just line, I'm dying. We drove to the center of the state, and we stopped and knocked on the first door. We saw turkeys in the field, That's and I've never been told no. That's crazy. And But it's going to cost you at least a day driving there, a day driving back, and however many days you want to hunt. And now Nebraska's changed where you have to buy your over-the-counter tags, and they only sell 10000 Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so me and Chuck already bought our two, so we're going. No, Hell I mean, of high water, I'm going. One of the biggest things that I've noticed is a lot of people that I talk to, coworkers, friends, they always see us go and hunt all these places, and they're like, man, I, take me, take me. I'm like, you can actually do this on mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, all you got to do is you got to know that you're going to pack your bags and you're going to have no idea where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And if you have that mental capacity and strength to right, not have a plan and to roll with the punches and whatever happens, happens, and you can do it. Also, not everybody and do also that. be okay if you don't kill something. Like, that's a cherry yeah. on top. Like I've been, I can't tell you how many hunts I've been on where we were unsuccessful, but I had a ball. And I go back and do it tomorrow. Yep. We get really close for this or that, you know, whether it's turkeys or deer or elk or whatever. I mean, I did 11 elk hunts before I ever laid hands on an elk. So it's like, and it I was do, yours, yeah. and it was mine. And I do every one of them again. Um, and I just, I want to, I, and I mean, you know, I mean, you grew up in the same area I grew oh, up yeah. in. Is I, so many guys are like, oh man, I'd love to go kill an elk or I'd love to go. You know, do all that stuff. You do is like, oh, well, go do it. Exactly. Quit being, yeah. a, quit being a. You know what? It's like you and you and two or three buddies, pull your money, drive out there. It, you know how much? Is, figure out how much fuel's gonna cost. If you're worried about money, sleep in a tent. If you got a little money, get a hotel room. I was like, it's worth it just to go out there and hear an elk bugle in the wild, even if you don't kill one. Exactly. It's worth the price of admission. You can do an elk hunt over the counter 
with your bow in Colorado with if you take one buddy out there split gas you can do it for under two thousand dollars oh easy oh, yeah i did it i did how i killed my first bull mm. and i mean people think like you, I, I gotta know more about elk and i mean it never hurts to learn about a species oh, yeah, or where sure. you're going but right and if you've ever deer hunted in your life use your basic knowledge you go kill animals yeah keep the wind don't be your, afraid keep the wind in your face don't you don't don't let them smell you you ain't gonna kill them if they no. smell you their nose is their most powerful weapon but also their their ego and their um it'll get them killed too. yeah that'll get them killed too yeah. you know i've had that almost get a few killed for me i've not ever i called one in one time man it was i was in idaho i'll never forget it uh I was walking back to the truck. I'd been on this bull that was in this, like, bowl all day. He had cows. I could hear his cows mewing, and I just couldn't get – I couldn't call him out, and I knew if I went in yeah. there, I was going to blow the whole canyon out. And I was like, well, at least he's not leaving there. He'll be there later, and I'll come back and see if he's like, moved around or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking back to my truck down this gravel road over the counter, Idaho. And I look, like, 400 yards out, and I keep hearing a distant bugle. Well, there's a guy standing next to his truck bugling up this ridge. And he'd bugle, and I'd hear a bull answering. And I've got like 300 more yards to walk, yeah. and I hear him bugle. I hear the bull answering. I'm like, what is he doing? Go to the elk. He just standing there. And he was just a, he was an older guy, and he was trying to road hunt. He wasn't going to try. And, <laughs> he wasn't about. He, he wasn't about. Call him into no, the truck. I guess yeah. <laughs> he wasn't about to walk up a hill. And I'm like, well, if that if he's bugling back to him every time, I'm going to get as close right as I can to that bull while he's calling to him, and he's going to be my caller, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> right. I busted my fat butt as quick as I could up that hill. Got up there as close as I feel like I could get. Waited for that bugle, and that bull answered, and I cut him off with the meanest bugle I could muster, man. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I let the bugle out, cut that bull off that's I'm 90% sure is a real bull. I know this one isn't because I watched that guy at the truck. And then I just beelined. I tried to gain as much ground as I could between me and that elk. And, you know, we're at, I don't know, seven, 8,000 elevation, so – Air's a, little, air's a little thinner, and I'm not in the best shape. I got as far as my little legs could take me, <laughs> and I got to this one spot. It was like a big plateau, and it dropped off on both sides. But I was confident I was at at least the same level or above the bull that I was bugling wow. at, which is what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be below him. I wanted to be at least as level as he was or above him, and I was confident I was. And I got to this one little cedar tree, and, the, the you know, the way that that – it was like a – 30 40 yard shelf yeah and then dropped off on both sides and the wind was blowing off of this shelf over here so it was blowing to my left Mm -hmm. well i'm like i'm thinking well if this bull comes in he's going to try and win me so i'm like i'm going to set up to shoot this downwind side and hopefully get a shot at him before he gets close enough to get my wind no more does that thought go through my brain a blood curdling bugle under 100 yards just is like <gasps> like he just screams he is ran pissed really? that I cut him off and he has closed the distance from I would say at least 500 yards I only made it probably 70 he made it 500 yeah. well I'm set up to shoot here well, what does he do he comes right at me oh. doesn't take care about the wind he comes right at me he gets to 70 yards and I'm just looking through this at him Wicker basket. nothing I can do I can't get a shot, and all I can see is his nose flaring and just time, time, time. I don't know how big he was. I would guess just off the top of my head he was 310, 320 on public land in Idaho. First ever elk kind I'd done by myself. He didn't have to be that big. No, he was getting shot 100%. (laughs) 
No, and I'm sitting there praying, like, and he's like, I can just see him looking, and he doesn't see anything because I'm behind yeah. this bush. Stupid rookie move. You don't ever get behind the bush. Get you get in front of the bush. You know? Yeah, I learned that lesson. So I'm, like, breaking twigs and breaking, you know, scrunching leaves, thinking, like, make him think there's a cow on the other side of this bush. He's got to come, like, 30 yards. No. Turn he knew the gig was up. He's like, no, I should see you, player. Was it and he thick? turns around. And, uh, was it thick in there? Not or? that thick. It was. Thick it, it was. It was not thick enough. No, he could exactly. See what he needed to see. He could see. He could see a hundred yards. And it's like if there was another bull here, I could see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of stood there for. I honestly don't know. It seemed like an hour, but it was probably a minute. And then he turns and goes back down. And then at that point, I progressed to try and chase him and call him back in to no that avail. But. No. It was, other than the bull I killed, by far the coolest encounter. You killed a bull in Idaho, I thought. Uh, it was in Colorado. Oh, it it was? was the trip right after that. I did two back-to-back. Oh, okay. And I killed that one in Colorado on the second day, but um, which that was a you know cool deal too. But that guy almost got that bull killed out from under him inadvertently. He had yep. no idea. But just, that, just me bugling at that bull and just making the meanest, loudest growling bugle I could to say, like, F you, dude, this yep. is my mountain. He's like, no, sir, not in my house. And uh, it, it was, oh, man, I want to go back right now. Man, that's something, like, I've, I've bow hunted in Montana last year, um, elk hunted, and I've elk hunted on, in rifle hunts, too, December hunts, New Mexico, November, mm-hmm. Montana, like, don't get me wrong. I I will never let a three fifty plus bull walk. I don't care better not. what season we can't it be is. Friends, if you do, <laughs> but there's nothing like September. Oh no! I mean, it's just. Like, I don't know why everyone doesn't want to experience dude, that. It's I don't either. Believable. Every excuse in the book not to go, and it's like, yeah, why? I've, you know, it, one of these days you're not going to be able to go. Right. Yep. And it if this is terrible to say. I'd almost spend my last dollar to go on another one. Oh, like I would. Yep, it's, I would. it's just to me, it's like it's just money I, to hear. And you can watch them bugle on camera on a oh, video doesn't a do it million justice. times. It just don't do it justice. No, it doesn't. It's not even remotely the same. Dude, I don't know if I even told you about last year's hunt on in Montana. I've hunted a pretty good bit, killed a lot of stuff. In something about a September elk hunt, it'll make you turn into some. The crazy best, man. man. No, you, you, I go full idiot. I've made I've so many stu- stupid <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I was going I'm like, like, why did I do that? Dude, <laughs> yeah. I drew back on a bull that was running straight at me, screaming. He would run 20 yards, stop. But, I mean, I don't know what happened in my mind. I drew back when the bull was at 125 <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah. With a back tension. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sitting there with a back tension. First time, like, I'm using a back tension. I'm going to make the best shot ever. And I never let down. And it took <laughs> this bull two and a half minutes to cover. Because, you know, at this point, he screams, runs 20 yards, screams, looking. I could have easily let down, but my mind was in a state mm-hmm. of yep. craziness. Yeah. yeah. And he finally ran in there about 20 yards. And, like, when he got to 20, I literally was at the point where I couldn't even shoot it at 20 <laughs> yeah. yards. Oh, dude. Like, had to let it down. Of course, he blew out to sixty, and I'm screwed. You screwed are not alone. You're not alone, man. No. I've been. I can be behind the camera, cool as a cucumber. I I'll be like, I'll have my level head up. Hey, what are you doing, idiot? Don't draw back now. Like I, that's how I would have felt if I'm behind the camera. I can remove myself enough to like keep my head. But you put the bow in my hand because I've not. I guess I've not gotten to be that guy enough. Yeah. I don't know if you ever were that guy enough when you got an elk bugling at you, but. 
to where I just I do some things and blow elk out or blow deer out and be like, what were you thinking? Oh man, you've mm-hmm. done this before. <laughs> you've done this a bunch of times. Like, it's, what are you doing? That's always bow hunting for me. Like, oh yeah, I've, I've been lucky and killed a decent amount of stuff, but I haven't killed you know hundreds and hundreds yeah. of critters. I've killed well, that's what fifty oh. sixty with a bow, but there's some like it takes a long, you ain't kidding. long time. I did that elk yeah. hunt with Trujillo. We got there, and he's like, what caliber bull are you looking for? I'm like, a legal one. Right. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, 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 no. Like, seriously, like, we don't wait on, like, a, at least a 320, right? And I'm like, no. Better be the first one that walks I out. Said, I, I said, say. the first bull that gives me a broadside shot in my, my comfortable range, I'm shooting. And he's like, I don't know. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, you will have to physically restrain me if you don't want me to do that. I was like, once I kill five or ten with my bow, I'll start worrying about how big exactly. they are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, I don't know, man. This is a pretty good tag. You know, I think we can kill it, which we ended up killing. I was really happy with it. I don't think he was as happy with it as I was, but I was stoked. And, uh, but, I mean. Was that a landowner tag? Yeah, it was. Uh, we bought, so I got the hunt. So a client of mine bought the tag, and I paid for the outfitter side of it. So it was a very expensive hunt. I could not have afforded it. Oh, right? Couldn't really afford it at well, the time. You know what unit you were in? Uh near an Indian reservation I think or it, No. Uh-uh. I think it was 17. Okay. If I remember right. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting in this year. I just didn't know if it was near, like, the uh, the uh, Mescalero or whatever. No, uh-uh. This was all in the Gila. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, everything they – most of the, all the elk hunts that he does are in the Gila. But, dude, you should talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I would. Dude, he's – did I tell really, you what he did? And I didn't know what he was doing. This is what impressed me the most about him was we got there, and it was me and Clay. So Clay had never filmed an elk hunt at the time. This was 2019 or 20. He had never filmed an elk hunt. He's filmed plenty now. But uh, he's like, I just want to go and film one, and I didn't have a trip for him at the time. I'm like, well, just come with me. You know, I don't care. Um, So he comes with me, and we hunt. You know, we hunt our butts off first three or four days and you know how er, how long the days are in early season oh, so by the end yeah. of the day you eat dinner it's 10 30 yep. you got to get up at four you're like i'm going to bed well we get done with dinner 9 9 30 you take a shower you're in the bed by 10 ish well we go to get to bed and chris be like check on us be like y'all good y'all need anything we're like no we're we're good dude well we go to bed and get up the next morning at you know 4 4 30 eat a little breakfast and go hunting and we did that for three or four straight days well, I found out on the third or fourth day, because he wasn't happy with how many bulls we were seeing, he would put us to bed, no get way. in his truck, Locate drive bulls. 30 more minutes back to where we had been hunting, and run the roads and bugle no. and try and put bulls to bed so we knew where to start the next day. I just literally read somebody saying that the other day. They were like, why does everybody leave? Yeah. Go locate bulls for the next day when they're active. Well, that's what right. he did, and he would stay out till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning put enough bulls to bed, come back, get about two hours of sleep, and uh, put, get bulls, put bulls to bed, two hours of sleep, and then hunt with us for 13 hours. It's a grind. And I'm like, dude, how are you functioning? He's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. He's like, we're <laughs> killing a freaking bull before you leave here. And I'm like, that guy wants it worse than I do. Yeah. And he's, he's just the, the quote-unquote lowly guide. You know, he's this young kid running up and down the mountains that wants me to kill a bull worse than I do because I value my sleep way higher than killing stuff. Oh, it's like, I wonder how much I can hunt or how well I can hunt if I don't get some sleep. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's also like when you've, re- he's got the same pressure as you, but he's got added pressure. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's like, we're, it's on me to find those bulls. You yeah. Know? 
No, I think that's awesome. I think that I, I've, you know, I've only met him the one time mm-hmm. now, but I can tell, like, dude's he's got some he's, freaking he's knowledge. He's obsessed. Man. He just, like, he can't stand. We were at that trade show Western Hunt, and he would just stand there and, like, look at the ceiling, like, sway on, like, you can't stand this, game. He's like, I hate this crap. He said, get me out of this freaking booth. He's like, I know there's a shed on that mountain over there. Let me go do that. He just can't stand it. And who does he guide for? Hunt hard. Hunt hard, But they're, okay. I, they're, they're working on rebrand. Oh, Lord. There you missed is. the first part of this. <laughs> um, so, hold on just a second. Ryer has just stepped into the podcast booth. Hey, guys. It is what two, is up? It's 2.30. Yeah, it is 2.30. So, so, okay. So, I need you to tell me what happened last night. Well, there's happen. some details I can't share <laughs> with the public, but. Let's just say we had a good time. He's been here since 11. I worked out this morning. You worked did out? A, did it all. <laughs> did it all. You're just getting out of bed. I wish you could uh, see what Ryder's wearing right now. I mean, you're looking spiffy, man. Uh, some people may call this drip. <laughs> <laughs> are your ears still ringing from last night? The, actually, they are. <laughs> yeah. are God bless. Y'all we, ain't got no sense. We, uh, we went out, we went out uh, on Broadway last night. Yes, we did. Had a good time. Found a bar that was playing some rock music, and uh, we rocked out. It's my vibe. Is that a? Is that what I think it is? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is on the podcast. <laughs> well, uh, where did you get that? I'm here for a, a good time. Not you a long got time, so. hot coffee at two, well two thirty. You just woke up, didn't you? Hey, I got a hot drink no, too. No, I woke up at eleven thirty. She had to get ready for like an hour. And it's, a half. That's been four hours ago. Wait, you're just you just got here? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, this is what deal. I'm saying. Yeah. The, Caleb, I asked Caleb. Well, last I haven't night, seen Clay yet. They're out playing arcade games. Oh God, he's uh, a child. Uh, um, I asked Caleb last night if we were doing any podcasts. He's like, no. And then I woke up this morning and I saw freaking five podcasts. This is the done. fifth one I've done today. Yeah. So I would have, if I knew that you were doing stuff, I would have showed up. I, I didn't know we were doing things. I don't believe you. We definitely appreciate your work ethic today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey we, we were talking nice about you earlier, though. You so we had to cut that crap out before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> we did go pretty hard last night. Man, I was down we there. Legit, was we busy. legitimately did not leave downtown until 3.30 a.m. You stayed there? That no was, yeah, we stayed way. until they, they closed down. No. Not me. I, was, I, I bailed at about 10.30. Well, no, sir. I was in the bed Here's by 10.30. Here's the problem. <laughs> nice. That band started Jealous. playing metal. And Are you serious? Yeah. Sounds like I should have stayed till yeah, 3. you should have. <laughs> no, it, I got, had, it got way more I had, lit. I had other obligations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll, that's after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, got, it got way more lit. It was my, I got oh, a, perfect. My my neck hurts from headbanging. So oh, yeah, I saw heard. the video you headbanging. That, yeah, <laughs> that was the beginning of it. Uh, Have you ever had a mullet? No, but you look damn good with one. I, <laughs> you know what? So you see how my hair curls? Oh yeah. The longer I mean. it gets, it just goes like this. It oh, never, it never falls? I never get the flow. You yeah. gotta have it fall. No, I never get the flow. I just get a straight. Yeah, that'd be a cool, unique look too, though. Uh, I tried it once. Don't in, encourage him. <laughs> I, I tried it once in middle school. I, I did frosted tips. For, I could see you God. in middle school. Frosted tips. Oh my tips, God! Man. Yeah, you it are that guy. It was bad. I I, I admit, like strawberry I, I, blonde tips. I certainly make some <laughs> controversial uh, controversial decisions when it comes to what I wear. You're wearing them right now. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I I get a lot of compliments on this outfit. Oh, man, those do are you, sick. Hold on a second. Do you think they're compliments or do you think they're people, you know how people? some people say, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you? No, I legitimately have people stop me and be like, dude, that's a cool shirt. Or, holy crap, <laughs> I like your hat. What all is on that shirt, man? you got a variety it's a, it's option a, there. It's an old Levi's. How far did you have down. to chase that hippie to get that shirt? Uh, 
not that far. Actually, I bought this last year when I was in Nashville. I bought it from the vintage shop last year when I was here. Good it's, Lord. They're miners, so they're all, I guess, gold or coal miners. It's all vintage <laughs> Levi. I bet it's entertaining to work in y'all's office. It is. We have a really good time. <laughs> There's some days that are more stressful than others, but I would say more days than not, we have a really good time. That's awesome. That's like literally like the most entertaining. You can jump on a Zoom. We'll be talking about something serious, and all of a sudden, you never know where it might lead. Yeah, well, that's the fun we part. Try, what was it? What was the saying you came up with, Ryer? We do professional work unprofessionally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes we do. I mean, that's the way life should be, though. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't serious. take yourself too yeah, seriously. People tell you way too serious. So that's, that's like people that work fun. for these like these major agencies, and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever nope. be that or want to be that. Like those guys look like. They're not having any fun. If no, you can't have fun, then what's stressed. the point? Yeah. Way too stressed. Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. We, we have some stressful things happen. Um, I don't stress very often. I have to talk Ryer off of a cliff often. <laughs> but, um, I get a little stressed. I get, I'm, uh, yeah, lately, with all the stuff that we got potentially coming down the pipe, like I'm a little, a little stressed. But the Lord always makes it work. He's always figured out a way to we – fi- we figure it out one way or the other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ryers had, Ryers had to talk me off a couple cliffs. I've had to talk him off a couple cliffs. And Have Clay's, we ever had to talk Clay off a cliff yet? No, I've not had to talk Clay yeah. off a cliff, but Clay's usually there to stoke the fire of our cliffs. <laughs> he loves he's, he's poking. Oh, he's the poker. He pokes and walks away. He he's knows like, how to get poke his buttons better than anybody. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. But That's I can awesome. poke his pretty good, too. We'll so. go in Ryers' office, and we'll go to be watching something, and Clay will just like, he'll be like, <laughs> And he'll make a comment, and Ryder will just stop what he's doing and turn around and look at Clay like, I'm going to murder you. That's hilarious. <laughs> Clay let loose last night. Oh, God. I it saw was that. Great. We, so we, first of all, I, I hate karaoke because I hate listening to other people sing songs poorly. But the, we went up to the second level of uh, – You were it? smiling ear to ear when I saw the video. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, because Clay got up there. And yeah. just no way. killed it. Yes. Oh, yeah. No yes. I got to see yeah. that. Oh, I got oh, I got we'll show it to you yeah, in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you sing? No, I didn't. No, no just Clay. Awesome. I was like, Clay, what are you playing? And he just looked at He wouldn't at tell anybody anything. And so it was, was, he yeah. taking, was he taking it serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Like, was, he just looked the name at of that me. song? Clay's, uh, Clay's multifaceted. I don't know the name of it. <laughs> it's it's the one about the it's the old rap song about the guy who whose girl goes off to college, and she says she's, I think it's like friend or you say she's just a friend or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what, what genre is it. It's like it's hip-hop. like an old '90s hip hop. Uh, yeah, I just he just looked at me and I was like, "What are you playing?" He just looked at me and he goes, You'll "Don't see. worry, it's gonna be hype." <laughs> and then he just looked back. <laughs> Honestly, I think uh, out of all the people that we saw perform, I think he was the one who got the the very small crowd that was in there. Oh yeah, people were into it. Hyped up. Yeah, yeah. really. People were clapping. Everybody he's else a, was singing he's some a, bull crap. He's like, a performer. He's a performer. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Sounds like me at Gillies in Vegas on the bull. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised. I actually held on for like 30 seconds on that thing. You like bull riding? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, for it. We'll, have, we'll have to go to PBR there and uh, at the battery. They got a bull there. You can oh, ride. Do they? Yeah. I haven't even you been ever, there yet. No? No. Yeah, they got a... At PBR and the battery, they got a mechanical bull. No, I, I want to get on a dang competition. I got to win some side money on these bull rides, man. <laughs> they ain't paying to, me. got to go talk to Guillermo. He's a bullfighter. No, well, I'm sure, brother, he could probably help Dude, you a little bit. That, that was another thing, Caleb. We were talking about Spain earlier. So the first time I hunted over there a year or two ago, we wanted, like, since our factory's over there, they wanted to take us out and kind of show us a cultural experience from, like, the Rioja region down to the wineries. And um, 
they're like, all right, you know, I said, I want to run with the Bulls. Oh, yeah. I want to run with them. It does like, sound it's smart. Cer- it's only a certain time of year they do the run with the Bulls. Isn't it like just one day they do a one-day thing? I don't know. It's a party, though, man. Like, dude, we, Let's whole, go get trampled. Yeah. No, everything <laughs> in Europe is a party. They, everything is? They drink at lunch. Then they go back to build My guys build do that, guns too. And <laughs> whatever else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, they don't eat dinner till 11 o'clock it's at night. It's a very loose man. workplace. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they were like, so Guillermo, who we did, who filmed his mule yeah. hunt, first time he's ever hunted over here in the States, and he he took us out for a – because his family does, like, bullfighting and stuff. Like, uh, Is Guillermo married? He is, yep. He actually lives mm, in that's France. That's unfortunate. I he bet l- Guillermo could – Oh, yeah. Could do, yeah. It, could do, do work. Damage. He could do some work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got – I would, man, y'all had interviews, and you yeah. listened to him. Like, dude, you could literally do, like, audible books. Yeah. Like, the People way he would just talks. listen to Guillermo talk. That or I him am. or Robbie from Blood Origins. I could listen exactly. to Robbie yeah. talk yep. forever. No, but we start. We did the bullfight thing. They just had the calves and do these things. I'm not kidding you. They're <laughs> like they were, you know, still 200 pounders, yeah. 250 pounds or whatever. But dude, hit by Jerome Bettis. I mean, that's 250 pounds of running. <laughs> they let them out of the gate. They know nothing but kill from the day they hit the dirt. Oh man, just bread and you into them. You got the the uh, I don't know the whatever the red little cape or whatever. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. You better be fast. <laughs> I heard cats, Trisha got mo- dude, monster truck. I'm talking about she <laughs> held that really? thing out and just bam. I mean, on the dirt, knocked the wind out. I know no. they like ran out and got her, you know. But it was fun. But I didn't. They don't stop these things. They they keep hooking and hooking, and you got to be fast. And like by the time I'm like out of breath, just running. You know, you're kind of doing circuit dancing with them. They yeah. call it dancing and yeah. stuff. And I mean, these were just the calves, dude. I would have died if there was a full grown bull. <laughs> like, if, will you see this stuff on YouTube or on TV? Like, it's. Night and day difference from whenever you're standing there. Dude, my heart was racing. I was like, I did bet. it once, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> Put that on the resume, never <laughs> check, doing that check again. The yeah, box. check the box. No, but that's cool stuff over there. Like that that's something that I, anyways, Guillermo, like, dude, he was doing the dance. Like I I kid you not, his feet never moved. He would lean his body out, let the bulls work all the way around him, and he never even moved his feet. Like I said, Guillermo would pull for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Guillermo's got a he's he's got that look too. He's very he suave. He does. He got that hair coming back. Yeah. Oh yeah. That slick back here putting off the vibes. Mm-hmm. Briar's trying to put off the vibes right now with his chesticles, but it's not working. <laughs> I, I put off a different kind of vibe. Oh yeah. Well oh, that's man. the truth. Well the good thing is your hair matches your chest, your hair on your head. You got yeah. the curls matching each other so that's hey. always good. It's got to be a benefit. <laughs> I, I coordinated that. You know, I, I designed I'm it assuming that that's what you're wearing tonight. Yeah, well, that's why I showed up in this. Oh, and man, like, he got I prepared early. Well, because I wasn't going to park twice. He he, he's, he didn't show up till 2.30. Okay? I've been show up for two he, days he, now. <laughs> yeah, he, he got seen early. all the booths. <laughs> he's I was here at 7.45 this morning. Well, Ooh. you stayed here, first of all. Second of all, you didn't go out last night. That's by far the, the move is to stay here. I will never not stay here again. It definitely I, does seem that way. See, I stayed downtown, and I would definitely stay down a little bit. Not as not as late as you, clearly. See, I like staying downtown because I like being out downtown. It's way easier to get back to the hotel if you're going to go out. I'd rather drive here. I'd rather drive here early if I had to be here and then be have my hotel near Broadway to hang out and do Broadway stuff and come back at night to there. It's not my vibe. Well, I know. <laughs> Don't do loud music. Don't oh, do large groups of people I don't know. Not a fan. I like this little podcast booth in the corner. This makes me pretty happy. Well, Last night was all of the above. I'll, I'll handle a crowd for certain things, but, like, traffic, I hate. Event traffic. <laughs> event traffic is the worst Well, you came traffic. in here cussing yesterday because you had to walk behind somebody slow getting to this booth. Oh, God, I hate. Everybody's just <laughs> meandering around. See? 
Dude, it's, it's been 10 years like they're not since even I've lift, been here. They're it's not grown even lifting too. up their It's been feet. 10 years? I haven't been to the show in 10 years. I used really? to call in the calling competitions. Really? Year. I didn't know yeah, that. I did. And, um, man, like this whole hall here wasn't even – it was just the main hall, and that yeah. was it. Oh, they're going to have to find a new venue if it keeps getting bigger. Well, they've bigger. got the second. They, have you seen they've got that second well, room Well, they're there? pissed. They're going to have yeah. to either put them up there or they're going to have to do what Harrisburg does and make this show longer. Wait, wait a second. It's, you're not talking about the empty little spot where the taxidermy is. No. There's another section? There's a whole, There's a whole other other room. room with 100 vendors. Where? Yeah. Outside. you got to go outside the, and up a hill. They're mm. doing live auctions. They are not so happy over there. Nobody's going over nobody there. Nobody knows it's there. I didn't know it was there. Yeah. yeah. The only way you know it's there is if you park in basically the back parking lots near where the mall is and walk in that way. Oh, no. Because then you pass right by it. But if you come in the main way, then nobody passes by it. Mm. Yeah, I've not not even been over there. I I haven't got to see this yet. No, I haven't either. I have been right here since 745 this morning, except to go eat lunch, yeah. Done five podcasts today. He's a hard working you, man. Have you talked to I don't even. Dude, my brain is fried. Oh. I don't know. I'm literally <laughs> just running on autopilot right now. I, I, I honestly don't remember. I have to think about it. We did Pinder. I saw that. Chase Turner. Yep. Casey Shootman. Yep. Dakota. Yep. No, I've done four. Hey, You've got a lot four. of locals, too. Or yeah. at least uh, Chase is. Yeah, there's four. Yeah, so that's all I got. Well, we done, we've been talking for an hour. Mm. Yeah. Random stuff. Glad for you to show up, Ryer. Appreciate hey, it. I'm happy to be here. All right, dog. Deuces. Good Peace. Talking.